You gonna be a football player when you grow up? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. You know, Lincoln, uh, this will be, I think, right? The f- yes, it would be the first time that the uh, Raiders play uh, the Broncos without uh, a certain guy by the name of Von Miller uh, <laughs> rushing uh, off the a- a- edge um, against them with the Denver Broncos. Uh, and, Lincoln, when you played, and you obviously butted heads with the best of the best of mm-hmm. your era, mm-hmm. um how many? Not I. I know that you know. I'm just. I'm, I'm almost exaggerating a little bit, saying sleepless nights. Um, but when you were playing a certain player that just brought it the way a guy like Von Miller brings it, at what point in the week did you really start thinking about him? And at, you know, did, was it literally kind of a twenty four seven type of a thing thinking about that guy, or you know, not maybe not you know uh, just every single minute of every single day, but he was always on your mind. Oh, well, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> you were thinking about the, the moment you saw the schedule. I mean, I remember going up with some of the great ones, uh, you know, Derek Thomas and Reggie White and those guys. And and believe me, you you had to bring a lunch when you were playing those guys, some of the, some of the all-time greats. And, and there was no doubt that you were going to have some sleepless nights when you're, you know, you're looking at across away from Von Miller or, you know, Chubb and those guys, you know, Bradley Chubb. So, um yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it's part of it. I've always thought – and the, I, the way I psyched myself up, Vinny, was that if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. Yes. So if you want to be considered the best, you have to hold your own. You can't let someone's reputation or their ability psych you out to where you you lose focus, if that makes sense. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, it's, it's interesting when you think about it along those lines because I often wonder – um, you know, I, I guess there's probably a combination of things. Number one, you want to sh- prove to everyone, I, I could deal with Derek Thomas. I could deal yeah. uh, with this Chris Dolman or whoever right. it was. Um, at the same time, you also knew if you're not on top of your game, um, not only could you. your quarter, quarterback get hurt, you could get yeah. embarrassed. Absolutely. On Absolutely. national TV. Absolutely. Um, is there one in particular, not necessarily the player, but is there a play that to this day you think about like, man, I just got – torn apart on that play uh no mm. um, not that i can think of um nothing really stands out in my mind like that no i i, I yeah i held my own for for most of my career i remember the first time i went up against reggie white i had seen his highlight videos many <laughs> times and probably not the I, best thing to watch well i mean no him. but it, it look it you, you want to learn what people can do and what their ability is and 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 I told Reggie at the start of the game, I'm like, look, I, you know, I've got the utmost respect for you, Mr. White. Uh, I think you're a damn good player, but I'm not going to make your highlight film. And I was at that particular point willing to do anything and everything to not let him get the best of me. And if it meant I had to reach out and grab him and hold him, yeah. You know, uh, I, speaking of that, there was one play where I was uh, – Marcellus Wiley uh, was, uh, oh. was playing across from me from the Chargers. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I was laid off the snap, and Marcellus was already around me. And I just turned around and grabbed his jersey and, and got a hold. And he was like, Link, why'd you stay, take my sack? I'm like, I'll let you have a free shot of my quarterback. And <laughs> so I got the holding penalty right then and there. He's like, and so we laughed about it to this day. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I was going to do anything and everything to, to keep my guy clean. 
Marcellus is one of the great dudes ever. Um, yeah. I, I, I've worked with him uh, back in Los Angeles and got to know him. Uh, just a tremendous human being, um, you know, smart as a whip, and was a really good football player, man. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah. Ha- had some great funny stories, too, um, you know, uh, from back from back in the day. Uh, all right, so, like, when you're talking about a, a guy like White uh, from from the uh, the late great, by the way, mm-hmm. um was there any? Was there? Did he have any sort of a weakness? I know you know you're gonna you're gonna uh, match up with him, and you know uh, you're not gonna think of it along the way along the lines of he has no weakness and uh, and, and I can't deal with him because you probably obviously the did. most complete defensive end I've yeah. ever played against had speed and power. Most most guys usually have one or other, um, but he had a, he had an equal complement of speed and power, and that's what you had to be wary about because he could run around you. More times than not, he wanted to try to use his power to run through you, but he could run around you. So you had to be up to up to par on that. You talk about guys like Bruce Smith, uh, Chris Dolman. I I I, I describe those guys as slippery because they were so damn smooth and slick. The way they moved, so it was so fluid that if you weren't on top of your game every play, they were going to be by you. They were going to beat you. Um, and I'm not saying that I never got beat, uh, but it, you know, it was it was. It was I, I tried to learn from what whatever guy whatever a guy did to me that beat me. I tried not to make the same mistake, so he didn't could beat me twice with the same move. Because one of my rules were you never get beat same by the same move again twice. Um, so, but there, you know, Reggie White was probably the most complete defensive end I had to have, have the pleasure of playing against. Yeah, I just urged some of the youngsters uh, out there. And by the way, um, Demon, um, he started his career. His pro football career with the Memphis Showboats, if I'm not mistaken, that's correct. Yes, um, in the USFL. So, uh, so he has a Tennessee connection. Uh, Demond is obviously a proud uh, Memphis uh, native, but that dude, if you, if you, and I, so I urge the young young people out there to to just go to YouTube and, and pull up some of uh, Reggie White's um, footage because Lincoln he could get under a guy. And just drive the dude back. <laughs> yes, and like he can. It was like an uncat. Was it strength? Was it leverage? Was it leverage? Posi- it, was, it was a combination of all that. It was strength and leverage and position. Think about this. Uh, the best way to try to describe it: a guy's moving backwards, or is, is backing up, backpedaling, or kick sliding, wherever you want to the, do it. The tackle. The tackle. Okay. That's the, he's he's already got his momentum going backwards. Right. Doesn't take much to displace him. From continuing that movement, and what Reggie did is what we call it's called a hip toss. Hip toss. Reggie would come up under. So if you're playing right tackle, Reggie's playing left end. The right tackle is backing up. Reggie would come under with his right arm and put it on your left hip, and just move it, and just push it by. And, and by pushing your left hip, it would displace you because you already got your momentum going backwards and out. It, it was. It was. And he, it's one of his best moves. It was a hip toss. He would just literally throw tackles out of the way, like it looked like like a forklift, um, and and because their momentum was going backwards, that was one of his best moves. But he also had a great compliment from he would go either to um, uh, a power rip to to a spin move. Von Miller does that pretty well, um, or um, an, an arm over to a bull rush. So if you stop the arm over, he would just straight push you back, and, and hard as hell to stop. You know, uh, and I've told uh, Rich Bisacci this because uh, Rich Bisacci's first press conference as the uh, interim head coach of the uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders, he said um, he was talking about his father, and he's like, you know, my father was the head coach of the New York Giants. He just never told anybody, right. and everyone took him seriously by you know going to Google. Rich Bisacci's dad was the New York Giants coach. What he was saying was his dad was the armchair quarterback who you know screaming at the television. Right. You know, uh, he was the coach of the Giants, and I told him. 
you know, uh, actually just a couple weeks ago, I go, look, man, if your dad was the head coach and never told anybody, my dad was the assistant coach of the Giants and never, he was like this huge <laughs> New York Giants fan. So, um, and uh, there's, there's a reason I'm telling you this. Um, back in 1981, the New York Giants had the second pick overall, and everyone was expecting them to take Hugh Green, uh, right. the great pass rusher from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, but they surprised everybody by taking a guy out of North, uh, North Carolina by the name of Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you mention Reggie White and no weaknesses, um, Lincoln, right off the bat, everyone was like surprised, you know, Lawrence Taylor, but it didn't take long for anybody right. to realize, yeah. oh my goodness, this yeah. dude is a, um, gen- not only a generational player, but I think he changed the game. Oh, he did. Changed, changed the game. Oh, he did. did. You ever- the, 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 that, that hit that he put on Joe Theismann that broke yeah. his leg was the, what, what redefined offensive line from, from, for history. I mean, because now it put such an emphasis on the left tackle position. That's why it's highly, so highly sought after. I mean, you talk to general managers that have been involved in the game, Vinny, for a long time. They'll tell you positions of emphasis and, 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 and absolutely premium that you have to put on when you're talking about if you have that top pick. And it, it, goes, it goes to not in any different order, but defensive order. But it's usually quarterback, uh, pass rusher, shutdown corner, and left tackle. Yeah, and um, with with uh, with Lawrence with Lawrence Taylor, um, it changed. I mean, if you remember the Washington, uh, you know, football team, uh, Joe Gibbs, their head coach, started bringing in a tight end. Mm-hmm. That's what he he literally forced the hand of teams to use tight ends to help yep. the left tackle block yep. him. Yep. Um, and that's now kind of a staple of, of things. And I want to get it get 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 uh, with you on that whether you took that as a put down or if they ever had to use a tight end to help chip uh, block uh, to help you. But before we get to do that, I want to go out to uh, Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Mitch, are you there? Mitch. Mitch, are you there? You're on the air. Well, I'm not. sorry. Merry okay. Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christmas man. I'm sorry. Lincoln, please. I don't want to run into your dog out here. I don't want to piss you off, but anyway, hope everything's good. Um, this week, definitely, we're head and shoulders, at least quarterback-wise. Even when Teddy was there, I got a feeling that Mullins is gonna, had a, was going to compare in games. He, he, um, I think Drew's going to have a worse game than Nick Mullins. I should have said it the other way around. But all we got to worry about is the running backs. They do have two good running backs, Gordon and Devontae Smith. Yeah. His uh, uh, ex uh teammate from North Carolina is stuck with the Jets. I got a feeling that, and I hope it's not Aaron Rodgers, I'd like to see Sam Howell be with Denver next year. That, that, that way, the division won't be so tough. Um, thanks for letting me ramble on. We got to win. Um, and the AFC, is, it's, it's, the, it's very competitive in the AFC. We're in the wrong conference, but you got you know, to deal with the cause you, you, you dealt, dealt with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, appreciate the call, Mitch. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Passionate Raider uh, is on. How you doing, Passionate Raider? What's up, guys? Merry Christmas, man. Um, what's up, Lincoln? What's up, bro? How you doing tonight, man? Good. good. Man, you know, you know, man. Everything was feeling good, man. Now, you, now it's just like now we just like end of the season, and now look at the depletions of all the positions. Now, now you said the guards out, the tackles out. Like, man, this is like, this is where those games in the beginning of the year, if we would have just pulled out those three games, it wouldn't be affecting us this bad right now. So, I mean, man, 
what, 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 what can we really do is just, you know what? As I was thinking about that, I just got to thinking, you know what? Just want to wish wish the team a Merry Christmas, man. Just 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 hold your head high. Just go out there and play with some passion, play with some heart. Leave it on the field and just, man, this, this year just needs to just get over with. Just get this year over with. Whatever, just as fast as they can get over with, get it over with. But Merry Christmas, I want to give a – I also want to say Merry Christmas to John Gruden, man. You know, he's – He's no, he's out there, man. Just watching all this go down, everything happening. You know, the, the nation loved that man. I know I love John Good, man. And I just wish you that if you're listening, man, I just wish you a merry Christmas and hold your head high because I hope it's gonna be greener on the other side, brother. Merry Christmas to you guys and thank you for everything, man. All right, we appreciate the call, passionate Raider. Um, I got to disagree with one thing. I don't think the Raiders want this season to be over at any time soon, uh, Lincoln. And 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 I think that. There's, you know, it, it, it may be, oh, believe it or not, or, you know, hey, uh, if you aren't paying attention, there's still a lot to play for. The, the, the way the NFL is structured, um, you know, the, uh, just maybe it's the rules, maybe it's just kind of that kind of a year, whatever the case might be. Lincoln, the Raiders are one game out of the second and third wildcard spots. So they can, they can do themselves – really good by winning these next three games. And, and as we've talked about, um, as, as dubious as that might sound, there's nobody on the remaining schedule that you can't make a case where, you know, the Raiders could go beat that team. So well, it's not, I, yeah, right? I, I, yeah, and you're absolutely right. I, th- I think that, you know, from passionate Raiders standpoint and, and, of course, everyone's standpoint, you see this happening to basically to every team. Right. Uh, and for the most part, you know, for a while, the Raiders were pretty, pretty much COVID-free. Um, there were a couple cases where he had some guys that were put on the reserve list, but for the most part, they came back. It wasn't hit as hard as, say, some of the other teams, especially the last weekend or what's mm-hmm. going around. Now the seems to be going around rampant everywhere. Um, yes. But, you know, see, your point, they have something to play for. And, and, and if, you're, if I was in that locker room and I was able to talk to the guys, I'd be like, look, this is an opportunity for us to have as best a season as we could have since you've been here since the whole new coach staff came in and everything else. Because the last two years, they finished at 500. So this is a time where you can break that 500 record and put yourself in the – say that, you know, all your hard work is definitely paying off for some reason, and you're, you know, you're above 500. Um, a lot of people, a lot of doubters come into the season didn't think the Raiders were going to win more than seven or eight games. Right. You know, so, you know, you want to prove the haters wrong, go out there and win football games. Yeah, and I think that, um, t- you, you know, uh, along with that, there is something tangible to play for. And it's not just for the future. It's not just for the pride. It's not just because you're setting a foundation, even though all of those are very important details to me anyway. Um, you know, I, I don't like the, uh, you know, defeatist attitude. I don't like, um, and I, I get where Passion Raider is coming from because I think where he's coming from is there's been so much that's happened that you just want this year to finish up and start a new uh, next year. And I, and I get that and I understand that. Uh, but there's too much to play for to want to just get it over with because you've had to deal with some adversity. Um, life is about dealing with adversity. And the yeah. Raiders have certainly had their fair share of it. Uh, there's so We've talked about this so many times, Lincoln. You know, uh, guys like Greg Olson, guys like Rich Passaccia, um, they didn't ask to be put in these situations. They had to do it because other circumstances uh, led to that. And everybody's trying to do the best they can. And I know you can get frustrated sometimes with 
what not you necessarily, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the fan base is, yeah. as far as the plays that Greg Olson's called, you know, we, you can nitpick, you can, you can get mad, and you, you, you have a right to all of those emotions. But just always keep in mind that this wasn't the job that he was hired to do. Neither was Rich Bisaccia. So everybody's just literally trying to do the best they can. And, and even on the field, there's been some, you know, uh, losses. You, they lost their head coach, you know, yeah. at the – what were they five and two at that point, <laughs> you know, or right. what? I forget. I forget what the record was. Maybe three and one uh, at the time. You know, that's that's out of the blue in 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 some of the most unusual set of circumstances you're ever going to find. Nobody, Lincoln, could have seen that coming. Nobody could have seen what happened. You know, unfortunately, uh, with the Henry Rugg situation. Right. Uh, but you 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 just keep marching on, trying to do the best that you can. And there's been some serious ups and downs. But like you just said, Lincoln. Everybody's been dealing. Look at the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they've won like six straight games to get to seven and seven. They were like dead in the water. Um, you know, uh, so many teams have gone up and down. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints have fought their way back to to seven and seven somehow, some way. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, as heckle and jive they've as, as they've been this year, if the season were to end. Today, they'd be in the playoffs. The Arizona Cardinals lost to the Detroit. I, I could go on and on and on. I think sometimes, like, everybody kind of gets um, so laser-focused on their own situation. They, they, they lose sight of the fact that it's kind of part and parcel to what's going on in the NFL in general. This is not... All that unique, what's happened with the Raiders to get to their 7-7. Seven and seven. Right. That's exactly right. And again, there, there's still a lot of work to be done, but there's absolutely something to play for. So you should look forward to these final three games. Yeah, and it becomes, how do you feel now? And you've said this so many times, like in, seasons are cut into quarters, quarters right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, there's no more quarters in 17 games, but we get the, we get the notion. Yeah. I, as crazy as it might seem, seem if they dominate that last four-game uh, uh, quarter, they're in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> it's just it's as simple as that. So, um, and they don't need miracles. Maybe that is a miracle to win their last four games. If you want to look at it that way, great. I don't think anyone in that locker room thinks of it as it'll take a miracle for them to win the next four games, Lincoln. Right. And well, again, that's but you still have to go out there and do it. You have to be out and play. Yeah. It. And it's gonna it's not gonna be easy. Uh, they're no. Definitely gonna have things against them because they're playing against three you know teams that are that have something to play for as well. Absolutely. Uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, who are also 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, The Indianapolis Colts, who as we sit today, I think are 8-6. and six. But they got to go play the uh, Cardinals on Saturday night yeah. in Arizona. And that's not going to be uh, an, an easy win. And, um, you know, uh, if you're a Raider fan, you better be rooting for the Arizona Cardinals in that game. You better be rooting um, for the New Orleans Saints against the Miami Dolphins. And I know Raider Nation hates to hear this and – you know, probably despises just the thought of this, Lincoln. But you got to root for the for the uh, New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. If all three of those things happen on Saturday, and the Raiders win on Sunday, or excuse me, uh, if all three of those things happen this weekend, and the Raiders also win on Sunday, then there's a 100 percent chance that they make the playoffs if they win their next two games after that. So again, as crazy as it may, might sound, because you're just focused on the record. Um, there's still so much to play for. And, and, and Lincoln, I think, did you feel like with a 17-game schedule it was just going to expand the number of teams that were going to be in contention when we got to this point? Or did you think some teams were going to run away with it? No. 
Well, I didn't. I didn't expect this giant scramble of everybody kind of having very similar records. Um, and, and but you know, I do. I do like parity around the league, so I, I'm not. It's it's a pleasant surprise if that makes sense. Um, but you know, you you everyone wants to know with who was the elite teams. I didn't expect Kansas City to come out the way they did, start the way they did, and be where they're at right now. You know, things like that. I didn't expect that to happen, though I thought they were going to have a hangover and not make the playoffs. And, of course, the way the season started, it looked, it looked towards that. But they, they made some great moves. Front office made some great moves and they were able to take advantage of things. They got their defense substantially better. So with that being said, to answer your question, I didn't think it was going to be a, a big mix-up like this where generally, you know, you could say probably two teams out of every division has a, has a strong shot to, to make a run, and sometimes three. I mean, you look at our division. You know, we're right there next to the Broncos. Four. Got the Chargers. You got all four. Right. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. um, it, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect New England to have the success they did. I thought Buffalo was going to be the stronger one, but New England's found a way to stand up and, and be counted. And Miami's making a run. I, I thought they were dead in the water as well. I was on uh, a radio show in Los Angeles today with our good friend Rodney uh, Pete, mm-hmm. and he asked me, who's the shoe-in from each conference? I'm like, is there a shoe in? Maybe we'll talk about it that on the other side. Like, in, do you see any shoe in? Like, f- t- just put their ticket to the Super Bowl right now. Here, you know, that's well, let's just call that one. That's an easy one. In either conference, no, <laughs> right? No. Yeah. And we've we've usually by this time in the year been able to at least identify right one on in either. Um, yeah. You want to cast your hat with the Green Bay Packers? I don't know. I mean, they they they. I don't know the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know about that necessarily. Maybe, I guess. But then there's the Patriots. I, I don't know. We'll go, we're going to talk about that when we get back here in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Um, I've just learned to enjoy what I do, you know, and just continue to work hard and not kind of expect some result for working hard. So I just try to go out there, do my job, you know, bring good energy and just have fun with what I'm doing. That's Raiders uh, second year wide receiver Brian Edwards um, talking today over at the practice facility uh, in Henderson, which is exactly where I am uh, right now. A little rainy night uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, That's okay. We need it. Um, Getting a little bit chilly. That's all right. Um, I I don't mind it. Um, And Lincoln, you know, talking to Brian Edwards, and I had followed that up with, uh, with him today in terms of being rewarded you, you have to still get the reward at some point you know for all the hard work for all the time that you put into this and maybe you know and w- the way i had asked the first question was you know you might do everything right and the ball is still not going to come to you over and over and over again that's just the nature of the wide receiver position the ball, ball might go uh in a different direction the coverage look might might dictate it uh, that it goes to one of your teammates or you check into a whatever the case might be you're not always going to be rewarded it's one of those positions that you can win a thousand battles and nobody will ever know. Whereas like at your position, I can look at the tape and watch Lincoln Kennedy, you know, kick butt today time and time again. Um, but if you're not getting the ball as a wide receiver, it's hard to tangibly tell that story. 
Um, and even in your own head, I would imagine you got to convince yourself it's all right. You know, um, it'll come and it'll it'll happen, um, and just stay with it. But there is an importance, I would think, Lincoln, to eventually getting rewarded. And he certainly got rewarded with that uh, nice catch in the end zone. Uh, I thought he went up and made a really good play. It was fairly tight coverage, uh, but he was he became a, a a ball player and made a football play and came down with an important touchdown. How important do you think that is to a young player like that? Well, I, I think it's very important because again, you know, he came in he, he came in the league when the Raiders drafted a number of receivers, including Henry Ruggs III. So he was all part of a big draft class. And, you know, the first year that he was with the Raiders, he had some problems with injuries and inconsistencies and wasn't out in the field a lot. And so people were starting to question, you know, his was it a good pick? Justify. Then with the departure of Henry Ruggs, there was even more pressure on him because now there was even it, it seemed like a bigger blemish was cast over the receiving core. So to your point. For him to be rewarded or you know, and get some big catches and big times, I, I know here's, there's times where he wants the ball a lot more. Um, you can see it and, and sometimes with his, uh, his, uh, his body language when he comes off the field and stuff like that, frustration level. But, you know, you want to be a contributor to the team. And we are a wide receiver. What do you want to do? You want to catch the ball. You want to learn how to block well. You want to know how to great routes. You want to have great chemistry with your, your quarterback. You want him to look forward to you. Uh, and that, that play that you're mentioning was a back shoulder uh, throw, and he did a great job of contorting his body, going up at the height of the point, high point of the ball to bring it down because there wasn't a whole lot of room for error in there. Are we sure what we have, um, or not we, but are are are, do you, are we sure what the Raiders have um, in Brian Edwards? Brian Edwards to me could could probably become a a, a solid possession style receiver. Um, you know, like Chris Carter was back in the day, or Tim Brown. So he has he has well, that are, ability, huh? That's pretty. That's pretty. Well, no, it's know. high praise. I mean, but I'm you know I'm not going to just compare him with anybody. I'm, I'm saying if you want to be the best, you got to you got to play like the best. No but doubt. He, he he has that ability because he has good size and good speed and good mm-hmm. strength. Um, and and he he's a solid receiver. He's one that you can rely on running across the middle and getting some of those good catches. I don't think they the Raiders in this offense have really found a true place or true routes for him to run that they feel comfortable with and run consistently. You know, there's so many things I wish this, this pass offense had. I wish they had more crossing routes. I wish they had more deep dig routes and stuff like that. They don't do that unless you're, you know, Zay Jones or Deshaun Jackson now. It's unfortunate. They need to have Edwards in those. But, you know, they, he, he, he's run some nice skinny posts. He's run some good routes. I, I think he'd be a solid receiver. He keeps developing the right way. Yeah, and you're right about the, uh, um, the crossing routes because – in your, as you were saying that in my head, I'm projecting him catching the ball and running upfield. I think he has, like, we haven't seen him be put really into that position where, um, you know, you throw it to him in stride and see what he could do with that yeah. athletic ability. He's a lot, he's faster than you think. Absolutely, he's not, he's not, he's not a speedster, obviously, no. like uh, like Ruggs or Zay Jones or or um, uh, you Sean. know, Deshaun Jackson. He's just not. That's not who he is. But neither was Chris Carter, and yet. There were times where, you know, wherever he played, balls were coming to him in stride and he was able to go for long distances, you know. And I, I, could, I could project that with, with, um, with Brian Edwards, but to your point, I don't feel like he's been put in that position to um, accentuate those, that, that part of his skill set. I don't, I don't think they've, they've truly defined 
define the, 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 the strength of his route running ability. It, right. If they've, if they've had a place in this offense. I don't see it. I, I don't – when he's been out there and the routes that they've had him run have been – I mean, like, you know, like that, that fade route on the end zone. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. He's got good enough size. I think that they wanted to, de- to depend on him to do things like that. But I, I do think he's capable of doing so much more. Yeah, like that wasn't anything – Particularly special, special in yeah. terms of getting off the line of scrimmage and whatnot. Now I'll give him a lot of credit for going up and getting it and making a good football play and being strong and all that, um, uh, and being able to use his body to kind of create a little bit of you know uh, it was almost like a rebound, almost like a basketball play type right. of thing. But you know, like we talked about um, Cooper Cup and and guys like Justin Jefferson that are just spectacular coming off the line of scrimmage right. and like like in the blink of an eye they've got you beat. Just because of their footwork and their and their understanding of coverages and how to attack certain certain Hunter Renfro fits you know in in that same exact category. You're going to see a player like that in Jerry Judy with the Denver Broncos. He's a magician with his footwork and creating separation. I just don't whether he hasn't been put in that those type of positions or that's just not who he is. Um, and that's why I'm asking, like, what exactly do the Raiders have in Brian Edwards? It's year two. Things like this should start getting defined a little bit. Um, and well, I don't know I, if we... I, 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 yes and no. I, I think, and this is just you know, observation, I think they had a, they obviously had a plan for rugs and what they, you know, taking the top off the defense, being able to stretch the field. Yes. And, and so they, they, they had a plan with him, and they were trying to develop where – the, the the a secondary plan for Brian Edwards. Now that's kind kind of thrown in the fray, no because doubt. because he's you've had Darren Waller, you had Hunter Renfro. We've seen there have been times where they've tried to make those guys the focal point in the pass offense. Right, they haven't done it for Edwards yet. Like no. that's why that's why I said I don't think that this offense has truly defined his role. Yeah, where he I is. agree. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's going to be, you know, as you go forward, the, the trust is going to further develop between him and, and Derek. But more importantly, you got to have a plan in this offense of where, you're, where he's going to be and what you're going to do with him. You know, and when I can remember, I can hear John Gruden's voice, you know, uh, you know, talking about he was, I forget who, now I'm forgetting who he compared him to, but it was like really kind of high praise. And, you know, um, I'll, I'll remember it. Thank you, Demond. Uh, he 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 said that he was a Terrell Owens type, which I think he is too. Like like that profile. I'm not saying he's Terrell Owens, obviously, because he hasn't shown you know anything along those lines in terms of the production. Um, and then you know Derek Carr talked about uh, Brian in terms of Devontae Adams, who he had played with at Fresno State. Right. You know the ability to be able to just throw it up there and 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 have a belief that. Uh, a kid as strong and as big um, and, and as fast, really, as as, uh, as as Brian, he was going to be able to go get it and win a bunch of battles on 50-50 balls. But again, we just haven't seen him being put in, into those positions. Um, and I don't know if it's just because the Raiders have gotten away from that or haven't done a good job of, uh, of, of providing him with that platform or – if he's just not doing some of the things that he needs to be doing from a you know a tactical standpoint to be able to put himself in a position to be utilized that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I I don't know because I haven't watched my practice. I've only seen the, the the final result in games, but I I do think you know every great receiver that I played with uh, and or, or watched there had every offense had plays created to showcase him. You see what right. I'm saying? I don't see that out of this offense. 
if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I can't say that I do uh, either. And, I, I, you know, it is to me, for me anyway, because, you know, I'm not an expert. I can't sit here and say that I am. But so I don't know if it's a chicken or, you know, what, what what's – it seems like a chicken or egg uh, right. proposition. What came first? Is it him or is it the offense or is it the offense and not him? You know what I'm saying? Like, like who's not doing right by who, so to speak. Yeah. So um, – but, I, you know, I look at that wide receiver uh, group and, you know, coming into this year and especially at a certain point this year, it just felt like the Raiders wide receiver room was pretty darn complete. And you could pretty much check that box off uh, like, OK, you know, you go into the draft next year. Obviously, you always want to replenish. Obviously, you always want to bring in competition. Obviously, you always want to create depth. But I felt like wide receiver was uh, low on the priority list at a certain point this year. Now I wonder how high it is. You know what I'm saying? Well, going forward, I think you're definitely, you know, whatever happens with this team coaching-wise, okay? Right. Going forward, you have to realize what weapons you have at your disposal and how to best use them. You're going to have to create specific plays for Darren Waller, for Hunter Renfro. You know, for Zay Jones or whoever your ex is, and, and, and if Brian Edwards is going to be your Z, you got to create plays for him because you have to find a way to use all of your weapons, get them involved in the offense. I've seen them do that with everyone except for Brian Edwards, right. if that makes sense. You see, I've, I've seen them showcase the tight ends. They generally do it with all goes or dra- deep drag routes and stuff like that to, to Darren Waller. Obviously, he's a talent. He's a stud. It makes sense. I've seen them do it with Hunter Renfro. They have plays specifically made for Hunter Renfro uh, to showcase his talents. And then I've seen him, you know, when they had rugs, he was their deep threat. And whether it's Zay Jones or Deshaun Jackson or someone else going forward, they've, they've done, they've had plays for them. Um, and they, they tried to get the ball, force the ball to him. Most notably, look at the Dallas game when he was aggressive uh, throwing the ball downfield. So there are opportunities there. You just have to find a way to include eight, number 89. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll see because uh, you start looking around uh, the NFL. Um, and who becomes available in terms of the free agents at wide receiver, Allen Robinson, Chris Goodwin, Devontae Adams. Right. Um, you know, those are Juju uh, Smith-Schuster comes back into play. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I wonder if maybe that's an avenue that the Raiders are going to take um, and save the draft for, you know, to me they need to find an offensive lineman, obviously, uh, specifically a right tackle right. um I, I think some linebacker help uh, is needed um you probably another cornerback uh because what happened with uh, by the way did you see um uh, damon arnett signed with the miami dolphins i, I heard about that yes uh, yeah, so you know um, so look it, he, he was just it wasn't like he couldn't play he was just a dumb dumb off the field yeah yeah so. you know i just because I, I brought up cornerback and that's the first thing i uh, immediately thought of and right. and it just, you know, uh, it's just funny, the yin and the yang of it all. Um, you know, a guy like uh, 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 Damon Arnett, who the Raiders were trying to groom to become a fixture at cornerback, obviously didn't work out. Uh, then in the fifth round, they find a guy by the name of Nate Hobbs who looks like he's going to be the fixture uh, here. And I, I, I wonder, I mean, he's done so well uh, in that slot cornerback position, but he actually played on the outside uh, in, in college. Um, and I know that, when you when you start, he needs to play right now because right. they've got, you know, Casey Hayward on the outside. Right. So, um, you know, they don't need him to go play uh, over over out there right now. But in the future, if you don't bring back Casey Hayward, do you possibly see a guy like Nate Hobbs maybe making the move to the outside? Um, and, and I, when you bring back Casey Hayward, 
Well, you should, and I think they will, but contracts are contracts, and you I never know. I think you make a plan. Well, if Casey Hayward's smart, contract aside, he, he best excels at, at uh, Gus Bradley's system. Yeah. So don't want to go anywhere else. You, you've got a good thing. You've you known, regarded high, very highly as one of the one of the more premier corners in the league. I wouldn't go anywhere. The, you know, the, the question mark is going to be Trayvon Mullen. To be yeah, honest, I was with just you. getting to him. You know, it's 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 it, whether or not it's you know, this year has been the toe and stuff like that. Can he come back healthy? Because he was evolving as one of the better corners, uh, one of the better press shutdown corners for the Raiders before Case Hayward got here. Um, so that's your other corner. But let me tell you something. Playing nickel corner, slot corner, is not an easy da- task. And when you find a guy who's capable of doing that and doing it at the level that Nate Hobbs was, helping out and run support because nickel becomes big for that as well, that, that's something you hold on to and you, you don't want to mess with. You don't. You 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 go elsewhere with what I'm saying. If you don't have Trayvon Mullen or or you don't have Casey Hayward, you go elsewhere. But you don't end up messing up that that slot corner. I completely agree with you on that. Uh, it's just too too important of a position. And Raiders, it's just and he, they found you know a guy that's as good as anybody. I mean he's 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 literally grading out. Um, I got to check it again, but among the best, a the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and I think he is. The best uh, slot cornerback, uh, without question. Yeah, Trayvon Mullen um, is a is that's, and for him, it's just been injuries. You know, yeah. this year has just been, uh, you know, but it's uh, also the concussion uh, issue I'm concerned about. Yeah, He's had and a couple. Uh, of by the way, by the way, I, I asked somebody asked me today uh, about the uh, fifth year option uh, situation. Um, you know, you've got three guys coming into that uh, uh, category this year, this offseason: Cleve Farrell, um, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Jonathan Abram. That decision has to be made sometime between January and March, I believe, or maybe it's May. Let me uh-huh. let me double check on that. So uh, I think it is May. So um, one way or another, the Raiders are going to have some decisions to make uh, on that um, on, on on all three of those players. Uh, let me get it here. And so it'll be interesting to see, w- you know, where they go with that because it's, it's. I would think it would have to be made before March. It would have to be made before the draft. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it, it could go that way. I don't. Late. Let me let yeah. me think. Let me. Uh, I'm trying to hold on. Hold on. I mean, we can find out. We go, go talk about the other side. We got to go a break now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, January fourth through May third. Oh, May, so May third is, is the deadline. Oh, okay. So uh, you're in the huddle uh, with Vinny Bonchar and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bahador Raider Nation Radio 9:20 a.m. on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I like it. I like it, Demont. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, by the way, get ready, Raider Nation. Uh, the Bay, the Bay is coming to the Bay. Don't miss the biggest Raider Nation party to date. Going down with special guest host and East Oakland original Raider Too Short performing live uh, at the Fremont, Fremont Country Club, along with RBL Posse and more live performances in the building. It's happening Raiders uh, versus Chargers weekend. That's Saturday, January eighth in Las Vegas at the Fremont Country. 
Club. This will be a sold-out event, so uh, hurry up and go get your tickets. In fact, if you go to the nationparty.eventbrite.com and just punch in the code word HUDDLE, you'll get 10% off your tickets. Uh, it's for Saturday, January 8th in Las Vegas. Too short, performing live with RBL Posse and much, much more. Go get your tickets and enjoy a great night before the Raiders take on the Los Angeles Chargers uh, over at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Lincoln Kennedy, we are at that point in the show. Um, the Raiders host the Denver Broncos Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. I think game, you know, game time is 125, uh, so it's late kickoff. Um, let's get right down to it, man. Uh, the Raiders need to win this game. They have to win this game. It's a must-win situation. How are they going to do it? Win the time of possession and stop the run by the Denver Broncos. Stop the running game. Um, they've yes. got a two-headed dragon back there. That's pretty efficient. Their offensive line has gotten progressively better since the last time the Raiders have played them. This is a, this is a solid football team. Um, even they do have their and they've got a good receiving core. I'm not saying that Drew Locke is incapable uh, of playing a, a decent game, but I'd much rather have them one-dimensional and put the pressure on him than having them be able to have balance, a balanced attack. Because I, I think this team is, is, is certainly capable of, of doing some damage. I agree. Um, we'll see if Nate Hobbs uh, is able to get back yeah. um, on in time on Sunday. I think that he plays big in the run game. Uh, I, I'm interested to see if Denzel Perryman uh, gets back because well, obviously his yeah. run yeah. game uh, defense is huge. I think you're probably going to see a little bit of um, a, a diet of K.J. Wright. Uh, he usually plays. Uh, against these run-type uh, teams, Divine Diablo. Um, who's going to replace, uh, you know, Jonathan Abram? Uh, does Tyreek Gillespie uh, get his shot? And, I, and I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for Raider fans that it is uh, Gillespie uh, because I think that the Raiders have something in, uh, in that young player. He just hasn't had a chance because of circumstance, injuries, who's playing in front of him. Uh, but if he gets, um, you know, uh, unleashed on, on Sunday, I think it might be uh, kind of interesting uh, for, for, for Raider fans to see. And conversely, Lincoln, offensively, uh, I really think that it's imperative, and we've talked about this so much, about the Raiders getting off to a fast start. But in this game in particular, and the reason I say that is you can really put the Broncos behind the eight ball if you can get off to a good start and get off to a lead and force them to do things that they don't necessarily want to do. And when you do do that, if you can do that, Expect I, I expect if the Raiders can get up fourteen nothing, let's say, right, and force the hand of the of the Broncos, I expect big games uh, from both Unique and Ngakwe uh, and Max Crosby. I just have a feeling that both of those players are going to play big in this game and, and maybe cause some major disruption. I, would, I certainly hope so. I mean, it, it, we haven't really seen a lot of it. They did get off to a nice solid uh, start the la last time they played. Uh, the Broncos in Denver, but it, it would be definitely good to see. Uh, it would be a nice Christmas present to have if they're able to have a complete win. Curious to see, um, you know, what the crowd is like uh, on Sunday. I know Raider Nation has been uh, uh, chapping at the bit to really become a factor at Allegiant Stadium. Unfortunately, the Raiders have sometimes um, not given them a whole lot uh, to cheer for, especially at home, especially these last few games. Yeah. Uh, but I know talking to some players, they're 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 at least cognizant and determined to change that. And, and, and they want to, it, 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 it really does. And I know Lincoln uh, can, can attest to this. Lincoln, when you play at home you, and you know, the love that you get from Raider nation and from your fan base, no matter wh what team you play on, 
you know, there's there's a sense of responsibility to give them something uh, to, to really cheer for. They pay a lot of money. They give their time. They come out to Raider Nation Bar. They're they're begging Lincoln Kennedy, just come see us. <laughs> we want to see you. You know what it means to them, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's it's in their blood. And you want and as players, you do want to reward that support. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I love the nation. Everyone knows me, and, and, and you used to hang out at the, the tailgates and before the games when they were in Oakland. And not, it's not so much this morning, and it's not it's not any you know anything against them. It's just you know for me, it's it's dealing with the circumstances, the times. You have to be careful, and you can't yeah. really you can't really hang out because you know our our jobs are our livelihood, and if we're yep. not available, you know, for come off the COVID list, I mean, that really throws a crimp in my schedule or everything I have to do. Not, yeah, it's, I'm, and, I'm course, with you. And, crying, cleaning up streets. Yeah, yeah, and all and all that said, uh, Lincoln, it, it it makes it even more pronounced that the players because they can't do the normal things, you know, that we, that we're That's usually right. accustomed to. The next best thing, or maybe the first best thing, is to reward them by putting out a good performance out there on Sunday, oh, starting nice. Sunday. That would be awesome, at, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody that participated this week. want to wish everybody uh, a safe and wonderful, uh, happy uh, and Merry Christmas uh, this weekend. For those of you who are going to join us over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, uh, can't wait to see you guys um, and hear about everything, all the gifts and what you got and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lincoln Kennedy, I'm not going to see you till Sunday uh, over at Legion Stadium. Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. All the best man. to you and your family, brother. I really Merry Christmas, Raider Nation. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Likewise. Uh, and Devon Cotton, I know where you'll be tomorrow. Can't wait to see you, um, uh, you know, uh, coming through. Uh, really appreciate everything that you do. So Merry Christmas. Uh, I'll say that, you know, before we even get to the festivities uh, tomorrow. But Merry Christmas, my brother. To all our listeners, Merry Christmas. Be safe. Um, you know, uh, be smart, too. Uh, you know uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, enjoy it and uh, talk to you guys on Monday to see what the heck happens uh, on Sunday when the Raiders host the Denver Broncos in a must-win situation. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on uh, uh, 920 AM and it brought to you by uh, 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 Tequila Embajador in the huddle. Vinny Von Steer and Lincoln Kennedy. Merry Christmas, everybody.